Hi, I'm Jen Gibson, and this is Brain Weasels, the podcast where the mentally ill come to talk about mental health and therapeutic fun, like movies, TV shows, video games, music, and even live-action role-playing, among other things. So, if you have those pesky brain weasels, you've come to the right place. This first episode features Christy Seats and Lee Pruitt. I'll let you get to know them over three episodes talking about depression, PTSD, and some of our favorite movies and shows that deal with mental health issues. To get us warmed up, I brought an assortment of strange food and drinks to try. These moments are what you call bonus content that will be available to Patreon supporters only. We're starting this episode after a snack of Coke coffee and quinoa crisps. The first person you'll hear speaking is me, but with a different microphone. Enjoy. Okay, oh, I'm going to I'm going to shift us onto topic mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, cuz food for me, food and drinks, like I will drink gallons of of sparkly soda of uh sparkling water when I'm depressed, mm-hmm. just constantly putting things in my mouth. Um, and I think, I don't know if that's particular to bipolar depression, but uh, what about you guys? What do you, this is Lee Pruitt. I, I think it's um, definitely food is something I think people go to when they need chemical balance and stuff and when you're depressed and because it's instant serotonin it's instant dopamine like you get dopamine because your body's like oh i need to eat oh i ate awesome i did a task so mm-hmm. i get dopamine you get serotonin because it tastes good so you seek out food that that tastes good uh that may not necessarily be what your body needs at that moment but what your brain is seeking is probably just that I need a hit. I need my next okay. hit. All right. Like you just eat that bag of Reese's. What what could go wrong? And your and your liver's like, please God. <laughs> no, no. Well, see the the quinoa crisps. I think would be a really great depression food. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. you got that chocolate, mm-hmm. but it's really not bad for you. Yeah, it's not it's not too bad. Um, there's also things like rice treats. You know, things that are kind of puffy. Oh, uh, that that feel like more of a snack than they are. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it's it's all about like balance and you can also replace those uh, habits with other habits like playing video games. You can get dopamine from completing a video game like I do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can do that. Um, I've also been cleaning my house more because that's a lot of dopamine like i really feel good about myself when i do the dishes now because i'm like oh man you don't have a nasty environment you did the dishes bitch you hard but just also making sure you congratulate yourself when you do stuff like that you're yes. like man you're a bad bitch today you got shit done today oh love you <laughs> When you do that, you get more dopamine, so maybe you, maybe you won't be seeking it from other places that you wouldn't probably be okay without. Um, it's not, and I think it's a, I have a hard time talking about it sometimes because I don't ever want to come across as shaming people for eating stuff, especially when you're depressed. You're already mm-hmm. depressed. You don't need my help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and there's a big problem with people attributing, again, attributing morality to food. Not cool. Don't do it. No. And it's really easy to feel bad about yourself because then you'll snack a whole lot and then all that dopamine you got from snacking is just gone because then you're like, well, what did you do today? You Nothing. That's what, you know. So then your self-talk gets involved and problems. Look at yourself. <laughs> Look at you. You're just laying on your couch with a bag of Doritos. <laughs> you're like, you're right. <laughs> this is Christy Seats. I don't have bipolar. I'm not, I'm not um, diagnosed with that. I have major depressive disorder and um, ADHD. 
But food, I don't think food comes into play. Usually when I'm in the depression hole, um, I'm just too tired to move to do anything. Um, it's like, I should probably eat. My stomach is growling, but I don't want to move. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get to those points. I do eat a lot when I'm stressed out. Um, oh, I, me too. I would notice that when I was at work. And, um, yeah, I would just constantly be going down to the vending machine. And I'm like, I don't need to do this, but my stomach, I need, <laughs> I need more food. And then sometimes, and I still haven't figured out how this happens, I will, it may be part of the ADHD where you hyperfixate on things because sometimes I'm like, man, I want some candy, a very specific type of candy. And so I'll go to the store and I'll get like some type of um, sour, chewy strings or something. And I'll just like sit and eat all of them in like one eating at one sitting. (laughs) Oh, sour candy is just the bane of my existence. (laughs) (laughs) Or taffy, you know, but yes, it's usually the sour candy. I'm like uh, Bill Dotrieve. All of my moods require cookies. Oh, or... <laughs> I love Bill. I do too. <laughs> he is the best. And he had, you know, clearly depression. Oh, yeah. Which is not diagnosed. Oh, yeah. But um... King of the Hill is like full of shit like that. Like, yeah. You can see it and it's just people acting, interacting in a, in a setting like, like normal. And nobody acknowledges the mm. stuff that's like going on. That might be affecting people's behavior. Yep. They just behave. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. interact and are not self-aware whatsoever. It's just like real life. Yeah. It's yes, just like nobody, nobody pays attention. That's to why that. that show is so <laughs> relatable, <laughs> especially if you're from the south. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because nobody wants to take no notice or acknowledge that at all. Everyone knows a Hank Hill. Everyone knows a Bill Tree. Everyone knows a Dale Gribble. Oh, Everyone knows Gribble. a Boomhauer. Everyone's probably related to a Boomhauer. Everyone have anybody have that uncle that that just you can't understand what they're saying at all ever, and they're probably just some sort of secret government agent. And you just don't know it. Nah. That's your. That's no, that's your. No, unfortunately, you know, that's your Boomhauer. Unfortunately, not me. No, no, you don't know a Boomhauer. I don't think maybe like a friend of a like I don't know maybe somebody in my family who knows them who I've never met. I don't know, but I can't think of a. I, I probably know three of them, so it's, it's okay. I got you covered. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> For mine, it's more of a it, like a reverse Boomhauer where they talk, draw really slow yeah. rather than fast, but you still can't understand. Yeah, you can't understand. Yeah. I go to Mississippi and I see my family, like half my family's Cajun from, you know, Mississippi area, Louisiana area. And uh, they have their own slang. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I hadn't seen them in 10 plus years, I go back there and I can't understand what any of them are saying anymore. Uh, especially when they start talking, I, I just, I, I'm just starting to, to freak out. My brain is shorting out because I'm like, is it English? Is it still English? Is this what happens over in other countries where they start developing dialects and those become different languages? Like Italian becomes Sicilian and you can't understand one or the other. And also you have different parts of Sicily where their accent is so vastly different that they can't understand what this is what happening. Yes. This is what happens what happens mm-hmm. i can't understand my family because they're not just english they're mississippi english <laughs> yeah it's, this is delta yeah. cajun english <laughs> yeah I, it, pro- it probably already has a name <laughs> oh probably probably i just i'm not as educated to know what that name is yeah. exactly i just right. know that that they they're making fun of me because I can't understand what they're <laughs> saying anymore. I'm right. like, well, I went to college, so there. <laughs> you can be like, just please don't ask me anything. I, I, won't, I won't know what you're asking me. <laughs> don't make me a part of the conversation. 
I'm just here to observe. Just nod and say, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is they all do sound a lot like Boomhauer when they talk because, you know, they're talking that fast and that kind of, you know, that kind of <laughs> thing. And it's like, wow. You have to, you have, for me, you have to talk. I won't say kind of, I won't say slow, but you can't talk too fast. But you also can't talk too slow either because I do know somebody who when he's talking, he's like the words, um are um i'm like oh my god please spit it out you know <laughs> you just so, slowly start grouping the table <laughs> i kind of want to like try to finish what are you saying are you saying this what are you, you know and I'm just yeah but, oh yeah. see that's me sometimes as i take medication that causes problems with word finding and so uh you know sentences might take a little while occasionally because i'm like i know this word it's the thing, you know, that you use to scoop food. <laughs> Spoon. Yeah. That's the one. What yeah. was I talking about again? <laughs> uh, it's you funny. Um, I don't think that Robert ha- has uh, medication that does that, but he does that most of the time. And it's it's a, a comedic thing in the household. When Robert can't think of a word, he'll just replace it with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So mowing the lawn was, I need to go vacuum the outside carpet <laughs> it's like robert do you, do you mean the lawn I yes so that. People who do that there should be like a tumblr or a website or something of people who do that and just kind of list them mm-hmm. all <laughs> i've thought about like I, i've told uh san that they need to make a twitter and just just the robertisms the things that robert <laughs> says <laughs> because it would it would probably go viral they should consider that just robertisms yeah, yeah. just robertisms I have great. a similar yeah. problem, and it hasn't always been that way. Like, I, I've i not always been the most eloquent speaker, but I, I have been able to find the right words, you know, in the decent amount of time when I'm talking to somebody. But now, this happens so often, I'll be like, da-da-da-da, and that, what's the word? What word am I thinking about? And it's, I, I never get it. I never get it. I'm <laughs> like, I, I backtrack. I'm like, okay, what are other words related to it? What Where have I seen people use this word? And it's mm-hmm. just, and this is even in text, you know, I'm like typing something and I, and I do the same thing. And I don't know if it's my medication or not, but I hate it. <laughs> I yeah. hate not being able to express myself the way I want to. Do you mind if I ask what medication? I take several. Um, the first medication I took was Prozac. I don't think it was the Prozac because I've been on that since 2012. Um, and then there's also Stratera um, that I've been taking almost as long. Um, I have been, I started taking a little Butrin. Uh, beginning of this year, end of last year. So those are the three medications that I take, but I don't know which one to attribute that to. <laughs> Maybe all of them. Maybe, you know. <laughs> I, was yeah. on, I was on Melbuchin for several years. I never really had any. Pro- it helped a lot until it suddenly did the opposite. Like yeah. I went through that, that experience where I've been on this medication for like, I'm talking five years uh, on Welbutrin. Um doing pretty well with it and it really helped uh depression a lot and then all of a sudden it was making things worse <laughs> and and i don't know how to explain that i just knew it was the medication but when i weaned myself off of it it got like all that went away so i was like i was okay so and then i haven't been on any kind of medication since i had my medical marijuana card that's what i do sometimes but that's i don't legal. even you can say that it's yeah. legal yeah, yeah. It's legal. i mean it's legal i just don't i don't want to say it as if it's a substitute for medication it right. isn't it's <laughs> yeah. just a way that i can i have used it as a new coping tool and it works for me mm-hmm. um 
probably an SSRI would be better in some cases, but with talk therapy, I think I do better without it because I've had a lot of uh, unfortunate side effects from medication. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just currently in that camp of I don't want to venture back into it. I'm not closed to it, but I, I don't want to deal with side effects right now. Like, yeah. I, I have other coping strategies that work well for me and seem to be doing well. Um, I'm able to manage and navigate life just fine. So I don't feel the need to introduce new chemicals into my, my yeah. brain right now. <laughs> um, especially because when the Wellbutrin started doing the opposite, it was getting kind of scary for me. So, mm, um, yeah. cause then it's like, Hey, here's some new suicidal ideation that you didn't think about. Here's some ways that you can make a plan. It's like, Nope, we're not going to do that. No, we're going to, uh, uh, just talk to our doctor right the fuck now. And, get that whole thing figured out. But I never had any problems while I was on Wellbutrin. I actually had, that was the only medication that really helped me a lot, but they threw a lot of things at me for Mm. a point in time because they didn't know what the, they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you. So we're going to throw pills out until something fixes it. That's kind of what they do. I mean, it's, it's impossible to know. Trial and error. That's all it is. It's trial and error. Yeah. They do that. And which, I mean, I understand that to a point. One, There was only one instance where I was like, man, maybe you should listen to me when I tell you I don't have those experiences. Mm-hmm. When they're like, I think you might have ADHD. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I don't, actually. Uh, because every test that I've ever taken about that has not indicated it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they're like, well, we're just going to give you this medication. <laughs> wow. Just see what happens. And guess what? I had the worst day of my life. Oh, my God. So it was like I was on meth, but I couldn't move. Oh, and I couldn't do anything. Was it Adderall? Or no, it was. I think it. I think it was Stratera, actually, like the same medication wow. that you're on. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. But it's completely different depending yeah. on if somebody has that that mm-hmm. diagnosis as opposed to when they don't. Like mm-hmm. one person, it's like, oh my god, I finally have clarity. I could mm-hmm. get so much done today. And the other person's like, I can't do anything. My desk isn't real. Please, somebody put me in a box. <laughs> like. Yeah. See, that was another King of the Hill episode. Really? Remember when Bobby Bobby had to start taking ADHD medicine? Oh, yeah. And then he would just stare at everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he could hear a fly's wings. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel he really you, Bobby it. Hill. I feel you. Yes. <laughs> I remember, like, a year ago, I finally sat down and watched all of the King of the Hill episodes, but I think I let it run while I slept, so I may have missed some. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't remember that one. I do remember it's the way it's, uh, is it on Hulu? Yeah, it's on Hulu. The way it's ordered, the final episode is the second to last episode, which yeah. is super weird. And it threw me off. I was like, this looks like a final episode. But it's like, oh, here's this episode about Khan, yeah. you know, not having his meds. It's, what was it called? Just Another Manic Khan Day, which I yeah. thought was a really great na- uh, name mm-hmm. <laughs> for the episode. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this whole thing is about him getting manic because he didn't get his medication. Oh, my God. And King has to deal with it. I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, See, people need to talk more about that. That's why it, it, King of the Hill is really interesting because the characters are not self-aware at all, but mm-hmm. the writers definitely are. They're very <laughs> aware of what they're doing when they're, when they're talking about these things, but they're presenting it in a way that it's just day-to-day slice of life stuff mm-hmm. this is 
Khan could easily forget his medication for one day, and this this is a very uh, understandable scenario. Although they play up a lot of things within the the mm-hmm. because it's for entertainment, right? Yeah. They're exactly. making day to day life entertaining mm-hmm. and a little cringy. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I don't know if this is the best way to do it, but I really like how they treated Bill when he was suicidal. Yeah, and it was just okay. We're just gonna stay with you for this entire time. We're gonna split it up. And each person mm-hmm. would stay with him for a few hours. I think that Dale maybe held a gun to him. At one point. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to kill yourself. Or I don't. Thing to do. <laughs> that is the most Dale Gribble thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, I mean, I think the best way to help sometimes a depressed person is to just be there. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do anything just be there yeah and uh i i just really like the way that they did that Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's a temptation when you have a friend with a mental illness to try and make everything right like i i have to make sure that they're if not happy content i need to take Mm -hmm. away their their pain i need to fix this and that comes across as i need to fix you which is not what a depressed person needs to hear they know that there's Things are not right right Mm -hmm. now. They don't need somebody's help to know that their brain is not okay. And especially when you're in depression, because you're interpreting everything else around you through depression, it makes you say, well, my friends don't care about me. I'm just annoying them because they just want me to stop. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could. But really, all that your friend really needs is to be like, okay, well, I'm going to come over. I'm going to bring some movies and we can watch them but if you don't want to that's okay i've got some snacks we can eat some snacks but i'm not leaving your side <laughs> for the next five hours yeah. until you go to your sleep. knives yeah <laughs> hiding the knives and the shoelaces yeah. Yeah. or just you know and sometimes this is one of those ask consent beforehand don't assume that this is what you need to do yeah. but Ask your friend, do you need help around the house? You know, maybe I can help you clean up your environment a little bit. You know, can I do your dishes for you? Can I vacuum your room for you? Can I can I help you with your laundry? Uh, because and and just say I don't mind. It would make bring me a lot of joy to do this for you because I know that somebody's taking care of you. I, I think you know, and that's one of the first things to go when you're depressed is your environment because uh, I'll just do it tomorrow. And yeah. then you're not feeling good by tomorrow and you're feeling worse because there's still dishes in the sink and now it's smelling bad Yeah, mm-hmm. and the trash hasn't been taken out. Yep. You just bagged it up and put it next to the trash can mm-hmm. and there's laundry overflowing in the laundry hamper and man, I, I still have some towels. I'll just reuse these towels. It's fine. I'll just do that this weekend. That Then I'll finally have some time this weekend, but the weekend comes and you don't have the energy for it. Right. And by the time you realize that you look around and your environment is a wreck. Mm-hmm. and it feels like it's going to take you an entire week to get all of this mm-hmm. done. It won't. But don't invalidate your feelings about it. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's okay to accept your friend's help when they say, hey, I'll help you with that. Yeah. We can do it together. You know, And they come over and you clean your environment together. And if you don't feel like it, you know, just lay on the couch and let your friend do it. If they are willing to help you, let them help you. Jesus Christ, this is what community is for. Yeah. Like, this is what friends do for each other. This is what I'm willing to do for my friends if they're depressed and they can't do their dishes today. It's fine. It'll take me five minutes to do your dishes. I promise I'm very efficient. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much shame that goes yes. with it. It makes it really difficult to ask yeah. for help. How dare you have needs? I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I finally got to a point where, because I, the way my apartment gets, it's just, I don't want anybody to see how I live. There's no way, you know, especially if somebody asks who I don't feel like I'm that close to. Mm-hmm. Um, the only people who I would probably only let see it is um, my best friend and her husband. Um, and they're busy. They can't do it. And my best friend, like, she's, there's, there's no way she could do it because of her, um, she's having back problems and all of this stuff. I would never expect her to do that. So the only person I have, which thankfully is my partner, um, and any time, the last few times I've kind of went into this depression hole of, like, just feeling bad about myself and not wanting to get out of bed, you know, he just comes over and just lays with me until I feel better. And, um, like, I, I've never had that before, but he knows that, oh, okay, okay, I'll be there. Without even telling Aww. me, he'll just show up and Aww. just kind of lay next to me and, you know, and I'm like, this is really all I need, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, it's so sweet. <laughs> and if he's there long enough, you know, I just kind of, I could just kind of feel it lifting. And, um, and it's funny because you know that I'm feeling better when I start talking to him, like, how was your day? Yeah. <laughs> and he'll tell me whatever. And we, we do this thing where we... We, we mimic or mock each other in high-pitched voices. So when he responds, I'm like, me, 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 me. <laughs> and he, and I, I think that makes him smile really big because he's like, okay, she's, she's better. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that if I was. <laughs> it's hard to, to find playful banter when you're not feeling great. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really sweet. I'm glad that you have that. Oh, my God, me too. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's seriously I had to get best. another one of these. They're kind of tasty. Oh, yeah. the crunchy, crunchy quinoa chocolate. That's a, that was a good it's discovery. It's the texture. Mm-hmm. The texture's really, really it's great. Satisfying, yeah. It's satisfying. It's so satisfying. I'm going to bump it up to a 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing on me. I'm, I'm going to have to get drinking, some of these. Just because I need the coffee, I'm still drinking the cola coffee. I'm so sorry. I'm not into it <laughs> at all, but it does have, you know, caffeine in it. So I don't like to be wasteful, so I'm still drinking it because it's not terrible. You know, as long as I like take little sips here and there, I think I'm good. Yeah. That's t- that's true too. I don't like to waste stuff, um, unless I get the wrong Instacart order. Because mm-hmm. I got three like two liters of Doctor K the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, no, that's first of all it's loaded with sugar and it mm-hmm. doesn't taste good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that got thrown out. So mm-hmm. yeah, but normally yeah, I don't like to waste things. Well, yeah, I wanted to go back mm-hmm. to when you were talking about. Taking Wellbutrin, yeah. I had a similar um, experience because I had stopped taking my Prozac because I was just in, like really deep in the dumps. This was several, several years ago. Yeah. And I was like, do you have anything else that like I can try? And and I was also was going through like a breakup and I know that was making things so much worse. So they prescribed Wellbutrin and I felt like it made it worse. Like I just, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, I hate everything, everything even more. Oh. And so now, and, and when they prescribed it this time, you know, I was still on the Prozac and I'm, and I'm on the Stratera. They're like, these should work well together. And it did. And the reason they, why they prescribed it was because things were so stressful at work. You know, I needed a little extra something to kind of like mm-hmm. keep me going. <laughs> and so, yeah. but yeah, it was just when you said that, I was just like, hey, I experienced that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, that's familiar and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I'm, well, I'm so sorry you experienced that because I remember it being pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I suddenly, I, I, I don't even think I was having suicidal ideation until I started taking it. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, wow. I, oh I experience, um, and you know, just content warning, talking about suicidal ideation in more detail. Um, 
I experience passive suicidal ideation where when I get really depressed, it's like, I'm not making plans, but man, if a boulder went through my living room and killed mm. me, it would be great. I feel can this. we, can a just car just come crashing through? Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. I wouldn't even get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sad because I wouldn't, it would, and, and when I'm in that moment now about two hours later, I'm going to be out of that and be like, well, boy, I'm glad that car didn't come crashing through <laughs> my living room right now because I've got shit to do, you know, and I will be on my shit again. Yeah. Um, so it's important to realize that these things, these feelings and thoughts are temporary. Don't act on them. But they're very tempting. And uh, it would stall me in that moment if a car did come crashing through my living room and landed on my couch just mm-hmm. by happenstance where I'm laying. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty scary when you and But when I was on the Wellbutrin, it was starting to go bad. I, it was becoming more than just passive. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideation it was become it was becoming uh this isn't worth it anymore this i'm in too much agony too much pain and it wasn't just in the dumps moment it was just constantly mm-hmm. so I was, and then thankfully i've had enough therapy and um years of recovery to realize that this isn't normal for you mm-hmm. this is not my normal I'm never like this because I am a tenacious bastard. I I, I want to live if for no other reason out of spite. spite. <laughs> yes. yes. Spite. Just a dunk on my enemies. <laughs> I, I will stay alive for as long as possible. That's why I'm taking care of myself, goddammit. That's why I am I am lifting weights is because not only can I outlive you, I can lift you and throw you away <laughs> like yes. the garbage you are. You know? <laughs> These are these are good motivations. They, they <laughs> so really that's, they really are. Yeah, that's my usual. And with the occasional passive ideation, to be thinking of actively hurting myself or doing something that that I would absolutely regret, that was a new experience for me. And I was like, this is not good. I need to be talking to a health professional about this right away. Mm -hmm. I did not speak to my family about it because, one, I did not want them to worry. Two, it's not honestly their business. And three, I can take care of it myself. I am not going to hurt myself. I'm not making plans, even though I was seriously considering it at the time. Uh, but that's how I knew that I was in the danger zone. I was like, this could happen and they'd never know because yeah. I would never tell them. Uh, so I immediately sent a letter to my therapist and was like, hey, I need to talk to you about this. What do you recommend? And they're like, well, it could be your medication. Let's try weaning off of that. Uh, definitely make some fail safes and, you know, let somebody know I didn't take that advice. I probably should have. So if I were to do it again, I would have told somebody about what was going on um, and said, you know, hey, don't worry. Please don't freak out. You know, this is okay. I have it in hands. But uh, wellness checks would be appreciated. Like mm-hmm. every night be like, hey, are you still alive? You're like, yes, I'm alive. Cool. Uh, so that's one, a few things like strategies for when your medication like is starting to fuck with you. First of all, realize that that's not who you are. Um, this is nobody's normal. I'm convinced of that. Nobody's normal is, I think I'll just jump off the Broadway bridge today. You know, nobody's normal is that. So when you're thinking things like that, whether it's attributed to medication or anything, the first step is to contact your healthcare provider, uh, Preferably a therapist because they're not immediately going to be like, okay, time to admit you to the hospital. It's like, no, that is unnecessary. I just need some actual medical advice. Seek out some medical advice. Uh, Then have a backup strategy. You need a good friend that's not going to freak out on you because that is going to make it infinitely worse. And if you are that good friend, please don't freak out on your friend and just be like, I'm coming over right now. Ask them what they need. And what you need is a wellness check. Mm -hmm. What you might need is also some advice 
you know, you definitely want to get advice from your medical professional first, but your friends might have good advice too. Yeah. You could also look on the internet. Just be really careful because there's a lot of not great advice on the internet too. So typically it's self-care, addressing your environment, medication as needed, uh, talk therapy. Yeah. You know, um, that reminds me of something I wanted to ask, uh, you guys if, if, if you think this would work, um, so something that we've talked about on, on shows that I've produced is QPR, um, which is a method for people to ask their loved ones or their friends if they're suicidal. It's, and it's very simple, but for some reason, a lot of people, they don't ask, you know, they're afraid to ask. They think that that's going to, you know, make it worse. Um, so the Q is question, just say, are you suicidal? Um, the P is persuade. So say, okay, this is temporary. You know, you have a lot of things to live for or something like that. And, um, the R is resources. So before you even go to the person, have some ideas ready. Mm -hmm. So to me, that makes a lot of sense. And it was kind of surprising to me that people don't naturally think this way. Um, as someone who has just gone through depression, you know, I, that's something that I would want and that I would do for my friends. Um, but the normies don't think that way. <laughs> I, I assume everything's fine all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, but I thought that was a really good idea. And uh, mm-hmm. it's something that like people are getting trained to do now. Um, people who work in social services of various kinds. So I thought that was really good. What do you think about that? If somebody were to just ask you, hey, are you suicidal? For me, it depends on what headspace I was already in at the time of asking. If I am suicidal, I actually would feel uncomfortable just because I'm not in the headspace to answer that question. I would feel kind of like awkward about it. Mm -hmm. But in my healthier state, I would probably admit that, yeah, I sometimes have passive ideation and just talk about it pretty openly, you know. Um, I think it's hard for when you are suicidal, at least it is for me when you're feeling like that, it's hard to uh, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying the question makes it worse. I'm saying it's just a hard, it's a hard ask. Yeah. Um, maybe a better way to phrase it would be to take the edge off and be like, Hey, how are you feeling lately? Are you okay? You know? Yeah. And, you know? That, I, I, would, I would feel better about that question. Mm-hmm. It would be weak. Are you suicidal? <laughs> yeah. That's such a, it's, it's straightforward. And I know some people prefer straightforwardness, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I mean, I could be having a, a just a bad day and they say it. I'm like, Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just kind of thinking, like, if somebody was, how would that, you know, what would they, would they say that? Would they admit to it? You know, especially. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. So that's, um, it just kind of seems like it's somebody could, that's the thing about like mental health is like, um, you know, you kind of keep secrets from people because you don't want people to know where your headspace is. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do this myself. So I just kind of feel like that it may work for some people. Mm-hmm. May not work yeah. for others, you know, and the best you'll probably get is, um, you know, passively, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. but if it's like real and, and they're in the thick of it, then, um, yeah, you may not get an honest answer. And I wonder if that just depends on the kind of depression. So like if you have clinical depression that just keeps coming back and coming back, 
are you in a different mindset than someone whose depression was um, kicked off by just so much stress or something like that? Because uh, one thing that um, it's post, uh, well, it's used for farmers, basically, a lot. And, um, you know, farmers tend to have a great deal of stress and there's a high rate of suicide. Um, Same with veterans. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's not necessarily just, um, I don't know if you would separate that from clinical depression or what, but it's, it's related to something. So Mm -hmm. like it could be related to PTSD Mm -hmm. or to stress. Um, so I wonder if approaching someone like that who has that kind of depression is, uh, more effective, you know? Yeah, being direct about it. Maybe they just hadn't thought about it because they, well, I mean, I don't know a lot of farmers, but I'm assuming that mental health conversations don't happen frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important to also acknowledge, no matter what somebody's background, that suicide is a coping skill. Yes. It is a last-ditch effort coping skill. It is the answer to, my life is overwhelming and it will never get better. I feel hopeless. I feel despair. It is, I need out of this in the most painless way possible um, because they're just overwhelmed with so much. Yeah. And while you can take a step back, and I think the people who have like long-term depression and chronic uh, suicidal ideation have a little bit of a leg up because we've been there Mm -hmm. so many times. Yep. We know it ends. Um, Somebody who's just experiencing it out of nowhere and has no experience with this whatsoever, they're just suddenly having a bad year and it feels like their farm is just just going downhill and like nothing's going to go right. I'm sure that that is much more risky for them to go through. And that that question might be best asked for them. Be like, hey, are you feeling like you want to hurt yourself Mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if so, you need to understand that this is actually a normal thing to feel when you're overwhelmed and it's okay but it does not mean that you should act on it. Your feelings are real and they should be acknowledged, but your act action needs to be a pro, an appropriate response to those feelings. And taking your own life is not an appropriate response. Let's find the source of your problems. First of all, let's get you in a healthier state of mind. Yeah. Because you can't think to answer these questions while your brain is doing this. Mm-hmm. So let's address th- those needs. Let's give you something to look forward to. Here's these resources. Something to look forward to is something that really helps people who are suicidal to mm-hmm. get out of that because it's giving them serotonin. It's giving them dopamine. It's giving them the chemicals that they need. Touch. Being there. Being present with them. Like you said, you know, laying in bed next to you. Touch. It's really important. It gives you, uh, what is that wonderful chemical? Um, the love chemical. I can't, my brain's doing the thing where it can't have word, can't word. (laughs) Oxytocin, oxytocin, Uh, very important chemical that we all need. And also let's get out for a walk and get some cortisol and some adrenaline going, you know, let's do a workout or something because actually exercise, that's why it helps. That's why they're saying, well, do you go for walks? Do you do yoga? Very annoying questions, Mm -hmm. but it comes from a place of your brain needs these chemicals to help it get out of this funk. So try to address some of these chemicals, try to get the medication, like tell them where they could go, get them a talk therapist, you know, listen to some things that they have to say without the desire to fix it and just be present for your friend. And those are the resources you need, but that'll help them get out of it, at least especially for that first time that they're really experiencing mm-hmm. it. That's, I think, is the most risky Um mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's any less risky for people who experience this frequently because when you're overwhelmed enough, it, it's just a constant thought. Yeah. So, especially with, you know, 
the world being kind of shitty. So it's like, uh, I'm sure that there is a lot of that going on. So that's a conversation everybody needs to be having right now. Yeah. Um, there was some, as I wanted to go back to like representations, um, of depression. So I want to see if, if you guys have seen any of these that are uh, about suicide. Um, Little Miss Sunshine. No, oh, I haven't seen that in so long. I don't even remember what it's about. I just remember I really like the soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's uh, so uh, one of the characters, it starts out one of the characters um, attempted suicide. Um, but basically all of them, except for Little Miss Sunshine, has some form of depression. Um, and so she's sort of like their ray of sunshine, basically. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, there's also um, the Skeleton Twins. I started watching that one. Yep. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Wait, let me go back to Little Miss Sunshine. The the one who um, attempted, was that played by Steve Carell? Yes. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There's so many that I haven't seen. Um, can you guys think of anything that involves attempted suicide or suicide? Hmm. I'm thinking... It's a tough one, and it's one that it doesn't get addressed a whole lot, at least not in a good way. Um, have you seen Secondhand Lions? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, that one doesn't regard suicide attempts, but it definitely involves a lot of ideation. Like, mm. the two brothers in Secondhand Lions are, are just ready to go. They just, like, especially the uh, the one guy, the really gung-ho, like, action hero uncle. I can't remember their names. But um, the one played by Robert Duvall, he, he is definitely uh, trying to put himself actively in danger so that the worst will happen. He doesn't yeah. want to do it himself, but he's getting in fights with teenagers in random places. He's going out in the, in, in the lake in the middle of the night, you know, mm -hmm. and not really taking care of himself, eating poorly. Then this kid comes along and he's like, well you know, you guys should really start taking care of yourselves better, you know, and starts actually talking to their uncles about, to his uncles about what they went through. Um, you know, the fact that he misses his, his woman, you know, he misses this person in his life that's no longer here. You know, yeah. they passed away and now he's kind of, he also is not the action hero he used to be, you know, he's old now. He's like, well, how do you be old? You know, and, and I'm sure that, that, is worse when you get older because you're not who you, you don't feel like who you used to be. Yeah. Um, so I'd recommend that movie. Also, it's a wonderful movie. It's just so, it's so, um, heartfelt. It's, um, it, it gets me in my heartstrings a little bit. It's cute too. Uh, and it's also kind of quirky. It's like, why the fuck did y'all buy a lion? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to step back. Like once you're in the movie, it's like, oh, it makes sense why this is happening. And you step back and you're like, what the fuck? Where did you even get it? <laughs> but they, yeah, they bought some old lion from like this traveling circus thing and they were going to hunt it in the cornfield. That's like a key point of the movie. And it's about them, you know, not doing that <laughs> and healing from their past and co and also starting to look forward to the future. They don't do, they don't quit doing dangerous things as they get older. They're just two rowdy older brothers, you know, doing like weird, you know, stuff that doesn't change about them, but they also care more about actually surviving it because of this kid that comes into their life, which is really yeah. cool. Um, but it's definitely about ideation and how to overcome that and work through that. Um, so I, I would definitely put that on anybody's list if they want to see a good movie about that. that. I love that. I haven't seen it in such a long time. It didn't even occur to me, that one. 
um, Inside Out. That one's oh. not about suicide, but it yeah. is. Feelings. There is depression. Oh, that's, yeah, so that's great. <laughs> it's uh, something that... I wish I had seen when I was a little kid, you know? Oh, I have so much to say. I feel like I've talked a whole lot, but I have so no, no. much to say. No, go for it. Out. Okay. <laughs> Wait, let's, um, let's take a break. Yep. <laughs> I have a lot to say. About I've been drinking out. a lot of this, a lot of water <laughs> and coffee, and things are cool. afoot. Things are afoot. <laughs> things are afoot. That's the end of the show. It is to be continued with the wonderful interpretation of Inside Out from Lee. Tune in for that. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.